Hey, thanks for joining us for another message from the City Church. We're a local church in Mississauga, Ontario, gathering in community as we move closer to Jesus. We hope this message from our lead pastor, Brent Coulter, encourages you wherever you're joining us from today. Good morning, everyone. How's everybody doing today in the room? How is everybody doing online? Our online family is joining us today as well. So great to see everybody in the room and online today. Um, you know, just to follow up with um, you know, what our team was just singing about when Tyler mentioned just that phrase, God above it all. God above it all, friends. Anything that you were thinking about this week that was causing you to be depressed, any situation or circumstance that you might be facing this week, God above it all. That means he is the highest and he is the best, that he is worthy of our praise, that he's worthy of our tension, he's worthy of our thought life, because he's the one that gives us his power. He's the one that gives us his wisdom. Amen. He's the one that leads us out of every circumstance, every negative circumstance in our lives. God is bringing us out to the other side. Thank God for that this morning. Well, happy Thanksgiving. I hope you're having a great weekend uh, so far, and you'll have a great weekend, or maybe today your turkey, or maybe tomorrow your turkey, or maybe you have other food that you eat on Thanksgiving. Whatever you're going to be enjoying in the next couple days, I hope that you have a a great time. I just wanted to make mention of our uh, drive-through food drive that we did this week. I know we had right around 30 uh, different vehicles come through and drop off um, some stuff. Just We wanted to be a blessing here in our city uh, during Thanksgiving weekend. And Eden Food for Change, once again, was very grateful for all of your donations. We also support them every month financially uh, just to be a blessing in in the city. Now, we don't know exactly the weight that you brought in, but it was about half of a U-Haul truck just on the floor, so it was an amazing amount. Um, It's actually posted on the church uh, Facebook page, if you just want to see a picture of that, they are very thankful to you uh, for your partnership here in the city to be a blessing. So thank you for everybody that donated this week. Um, just one uh, couple of practical things before we get into the message this morning. Once again, my mother is doing great as she recovers from hip replacement surgery. Um, they are just having a great every time I call they're telling each other what to do and giving each other instructions so that I know that she's recovering really well and she's actually super thankful you know she's got no more pain in her hip so that's exciting for her as she recovers so I know she's watching this morning so you can say hi to her in the chat today Um, Also, you know, um, we just want to make mention of us here in the church and and gathering in the time that we're gathering in, that everybody is aware of the pandemic uh, that we are still in. And, you know, anytime uh, cases do whatever, somebody is, is faithful to message the church. And we just want you to know that we watch the same news that you do. We know what's happening out in the world. And and we, you know, as before COVID, pre-COVID, you know, it was always our recommendation. And we actually had this listed um, in our kids area specifically. If you're sick, stay home. That was true before. This is true now. If you're not feeling well, I feel like that would just be a good thing to stay home and you could rest up and recover, you know, not share your germs, whatever germs that you might have with anybody. And so this is still our recommendation in this time. If you're not feeling well, stay home. It's not a good thing uh, to go out. Um, And anybody who's immunocompromised or in a vulnerable sector, we don't want anyone in any of those conditions to feel like they have to come and gather. That's why we have done so much in the last little while. And our tech team has done an amazing job. 
to be able for us to stream services. We had, a bunch of, we had to buy a bunch of new equipment, and they have just been on the fast track of learning and uh, how to you know, put that out there so everybody that can gather. Um, you can gather in the room, uh, obviously with reduced capacity, and we've never actually reached the capacity um, that we are able to here in the city, uh, which is 30%. We are below that. And, uh, so we, uh, and from the beginning, um, I feel like you know that our team has gone above and beyond with the precautions here in the building. Uh, if you haven't been in the building, you know, it, it's actually like no other place that you go. It, we have the highest standards. We want to continue to have the highest standards, whatever is happening out in the world. So we, we've continued to make this a safe and sanitized and spacious environment. And we want you to only sit here with your family if you're coming to the building. Um, and keeping that, but also I just want to uh, you to understand that gathering is so important, whether it's gathering in the room or gathering online or getting to be part of a city group. I feel like no, uh, like no other time in history we realize that gathering is really important. Like I said, physically or digitally, thank God for uh, the digital technology that we have that we can continue to get together, even maybe there's some circumstances in our lives where we can't physically get together with somebody, that we have this uh, ability to still connect and connection right now is so important there are so many lonely people out there in the world you know uh, you know mental health is being emphasized in the world and but you know before the world emphasized mental health God was interested in your mental health and and relationships go so far to be able to help us in our lives and our thinking and our encouragement with one another in our faith and that's why we this whole series that we've been doing my revival is encouraging you to make sure that you are in a group make sure that you are staying connected with one another uh, it, you know, once again, there's so many difficulties out in the world ha- having to do with loneliness right now. And so why it's so important for us uh, in the church to either continue to gather physically in a safe environment or to gather online, which, which once again, it's important for us uh, to do relationally. And the last thing that I would say pastorally along these lines is that fear added to anything does not help. Fear added to any aspect of your life right now is not going to help you. Wisdom, we should all be wise. We should all be wise pre-COVID, right? Wisdom shouldn't be a new thing that we should be interested in. We should be wise, but then being fearful is not helping us in any aspect of our lives to be afraid. In fact, we, don't, we shouldn't live by fear. We actually, God hasn't given us the spirit of fear, So we're not going to be fearful, but then we're also going to be wise, whether we're gathering here in the room and then gathering online. Can I get an amen this morning? All right. So thank you for listening to my pastoral thoughts this morning. We are in week five of a series that we have called My Revival. And like I said, this series is all about us experiencing some newness in God. Uh, The word revival is... We've heard this term in in history of the church, uh, awakening or a renewal that we can actually experience a newness in God. And if we look throughout church history, there's great revivals popped up around the world in different places, and a lot of it has to do with, you know, gathering of big crowds. And what I'm suggesting in this time, I don't believe that God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit are up in heaven uh, communicating to each other and saying, well, you know, 
the church in Canada and different places around the world, they can't get together in big crowds, so we're just going to sit here and not do anything. No, God can revive us regardless of the situation and the circumstances. God can revive us as individual Christ followers regardless of what governments are doing and saying. But once again, we're not just taking that revival that whatever God would be doing in my heart and keeping it to myself, I want to move that revival into a relationship. That's why we are emphasizing groups, so important right now, so that we can share what God is doing in our hearts, how God is changing me. What is God bringing to life again in my life? What have I experienced from the Holy Spirit? What am I understanding from the life and character and nature of God? And that can be revived in me And then I can share that in the context of relationships. So the markers of revival are the unconverted come to Christ and the converted are shaken out of their spiritual lethargy, marked by prayer, personal transformation, the Holy Spirit, Pentecostal experiences, moved to personal holiness, increased interest in Bible teaching. Uh, the growth of church planting, universities are established, uh, Christian camps are all established in the context of revival. And there's a really important time for the church to be revived in the world as it is. As the world continues to go downhill in so many different ways, it's so important for the church to be revived by the Spirit of God, to have our thinking revived and changed, to understand um, what God is trying to get across to us through the Scripture and then how we are supposed to live. So in revival history, we've seen urban revival and rural revival. And there's something for our minds and something for our hearts in in the context of revival. That if we are more, uh, if our bent is more intellectual, that God has some revival for our thinking. And then when God revives our thinking, uh, we should also want to have an experience with the Spirit of God. And if we are maybe more emotional in nature, if we, it's easy for us to dive in you know, to the Spirit of God and have an emotional experience with God then from that place, we should want to dive into the thinking of the scriptures. So it's not an either or, but it's a both and situation that, so we can be revived in every part of our lives. Revival just means to live again, to come to life, to cause to live, to restor- means to restoration back to life from a depressed, inactive, or unused state. So what do I need to have revival? Romans chapter 6 verse 3 says this. Do you, know not, do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ Jesus was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. For if we have been united with him in death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. So the resurrection is a true event in history, that Jesus was raised from the dead, but then it's meaningful for us so that we can walk in the newness of life, that our whole lives in Jesus are connected to this idea to, hey, new life, new life. We're going to walk a new life in Jesus. Isaiah 57 verse 14 says this, and it shall be said, build up, build up, prepare the way, remove every obstruction from my people's way. For thus says the one who is high and lifted up, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place. And I will also with him who is of a contrite and lowly spirit, revive the spirit of the lowly to revive the heart of the contrite. And that just means humble. 
that we would be in a place that we would realize that we need more of God, that I don't understand everything about who God is yet, and I don't have the extent of his character mapped out. I don't have the extent of his goodness mapped out completely in my life, that I'm going to live in this humble place so that God can revive in me. Maybe one time that was alive and now is dead and dormant. But how we got to come, man, we got to be humble. We got to be in this place where God can actually change us. And I say that's one of the most important things as it relates to being revived. We have to be willing to change. That how I am exactly right now is not actually the best version of myself. That I am not fully formed in the image of Christ just yet. Can I get an amen? amen. For those of you that didn't say amen, your family thinks so. We need to be willing to change. And the other thing is right now, what you know right now is not all that needs to be known. What you know as you sit right there and what I know right now as I speak is not all that needs to be known. There is actually more to know. There is more to know about how to live in this world. There is more to know about the character and nature of God. There is more to know about what, what God wants to do through my life in this season. What I know now is not all that needs to be known. And then all this, and this is what we're going to be talking about today, is that I can always rely on God in a greater measure. That means that my faith can always grow. I can always rely on God in a greater measure. Last week we talked about hope and how I said that our hope springs from our faith. And so today we're going to be talking about faith in action. And we're going to see um, from a story in the scripture, we're going to see that Jesus uh, recognizes faith. And this is one of the things that we see over and over again in, in the ministry of Jesus, that he emphasized an individual's faith, that somebody did something and they said, man, that, that's great faith. And then they would, they would receive healing and he would say to them, man, your faith has made you whole. So Jesus had this great emphasis on faith in his ministry. So what does the word faith mean to us in our lives? And when we think about faith, you know, so many critics of faith now these days, well, you know, they would, they would um, look down upon us and they would say, well, you know, you just have blind faith. In other words, you're not actually thinking. You're not actually very intellectual. That's why you have faith. And the opposite is actually true. For us to actually have faith in Jesus, we have to think. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So for us to hear something, we have to think about it and then put our faith in God. Faith is a relational term. Uh, if, if we think about it like this, as we continue to grow our faith in God, the more we know and understand about God, the more and more we can put our trust in him. Now, my wife, as I've told you many times, is very good at, at decor and, and painting and things artistic and all of this. And many times, you know, in, uh, my, my wife likes to talk to me just in general. This is not a bad thing. I'm just explaining it to you. My, my wife likes to talk to me, and then she will talk to me about decor items in our house. And she'll explain to me this in pink color, and I'm thinking about this, and it will look like this, and this season's coming up, so we're going to bring up this decorations. And I kind of just think to myself, babe, I trust you. You are the one in this area of our lives. You are the one. I have my full confidence is in you to make our lives look beautiful. 
Because I kind of think what she's telling me, I feel like she's asking for input, which she doesn't actually really want my input. She just wants me to listen. I'm not getting into a marriage thing right now. Um, But I have my full trust in Nicole. Why? Because I know her ability. And I know who she is. And I know what she's done. So I trust her. And this is what faith in God is like. And this is what the story of Scripture is all about. And this is why uh, Jesus said to his disciples, disciples said, Jesus, show us the Father. And Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So this is, we can go to the Scripture and we can know what God is like, especially by looking at the life of Jesus. And then from that... I can have a relationship with God. It's not blind faith. It is actually thinking faith. I have to think about who Jesus is, what he's representing to me about the character of God, and then I'm going to live in faith from that place based on my thinking, not based on blind knowledge. You just have blind faith. No, I actually have intellectual faith. I know who Jesus is from the scripture, and I put my trust in him. Amen. So so faith is not a lack of thinking. Faith is as a result of thinking. Romans 10, 17, I quoted a second ago. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when we hear something about God, the will of God, the ways of God, then just like I have faith in my wife, we should put our faith in God once we understand the character and nature of God. So here's the story we're going to look at today where Jesus emphasizes faith. It's such one of my favorite Bible stories here in Luke chapter 5, verse 17. It says this, on one of those days, he, as he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. And then here's this phrase, and the power of the Lord was with him to heal. So here Jesus is, and there's, there's the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, and they're there. Now, what do we know from other Bible stories, or if you've probably heard some preaching along this line, that when the Pharisees and the scribes and the teachers of the law are there to hear Jesus, what are they there to do? They're there to criticize. They're there to cancel Jesus. They're there to try to catch him in his words and then try to go against him. So there's this group of people there that are basically there to criticize. But then what does it say about Jesus? That the power of God was actually with Jesus to heal. But then this other group, they were there. They're not there to actually experience the power of God. What are they there to do? Criticize. Catch him in his words. We want to cancel Jesus. Such an important part of the story that we would see that at the end of the story, if you know the end of the story, we know that there's power there to heal, but then only one person actually experiences the power of God. There's a whole other group of people there that probably have needs, but they're just there to critique, and they're there to criticize, and they're there to come against. And so they missed out on the power of God because of their disposition because of their lack of faith, because of their lack of thinking. They didn't actually understand who Jesus was. They didn't think right about Jesus. See, everybody is a theologian. I heard one pastor say this a little while ago, and I thought it's so true. Everybody's a theologian. Even atheists are theologians. They're just really bad theologians. 
Everybody has some sort of understanding or some, they've done some sort of study from somewhere about who God is. But it's really important for us to get our theology right about who God is and who Jesus is because here in the story, the power of God was with Jesus to heal. There's a whole group there, but only one experienced the power of God. I don't know about you, but I want to be that one. I want to be the one that experiences the power of God. I don't want to be the one who's just critiquing and so impressed with my own knowledge. I don't know, Jesus, about what you're saying. Let me take it under advisement. Let me think about it, Jesus. We know that you're the son of God. But what you say, I don't understand quite yet. But then they missed out on the power of God. But there was... One there, and there was not just one there, but there was a group of people there that actually had faith in Jesus. They had heard about Jesus. Verse 18, and behold, some men were bringing on a bed a man who was paralyzed, and they were seeking to bring him in and lay him before Jesus. But finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof. I love this group. And let him down with his bed through the tiles in the midst before Jesus. Verse 20, listen. When he saw their faith, Jesus saw their faith in action before they said anything. He could see it. He could see that they put their trust in him. He could see their faith. He said, man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and Pharisees began to question, saying, who speaks blasphemies? Who could forgive sins but God alone? When Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered, who, why, he, listen, he didn't hear what they said. He heard their thoughts. Jesus is amazing. Why do you question in your hearts, which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise and walk? Because in this time, uh, in this culture, everybody thought if you were sick, you had sinned. You had done something terribly wrong, and so therefore, that's, that's why you were sick. We can see multiple conversations in the New Testament along these lines. But Jesus is dealing with both things here in this moment. I'm going to forgive you of your sins. And then they're questioning about it. And he said, what, what is it? Is it easier to say forgiven your sins or to say rise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed and go home. And he immediately he rose up before them picked up what he had been lying on, and he went home glorifying God. And amazement seized them all. And they glorified God and were filled with awe, saying, we have seen extraordinary things today. See, and, and that's the end point of revival. For, for me to realize something about Jesus or to experience something from the Spirit of God, that, that we would uh, see and understand extraordinary things that are going in, on in our lives. But there we see that the power was with, with Jesus, but then only one person received the full expression of God's power on that day. Luke 4, chapter 14 says this, And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and a report about him went through all the surrounding country, and he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. So we know Jesus went out 
in the desert place and he was tempted by the enemy, but then he came back in the power of the Spirit of God. So Jesus did his earthly ministry empowered by the Spirit of God. So it's not unusual in this moment for the power of God to be with Jesus. And the question is for all of us, will I participate or will I spectate? as it relates to the power of God, experiencing the power of God, being a part of the church in 2020. And I'm not just talking about whether we're sitting in the room or we're watching online. That when we engage as believers, this is not all we're doing to engage as believers. We should be living our lives experiencing the power of God. We should be living our lives being carriers of the power of God, which would be different than what people would experience in the world. So am I just going to spectate or am I going to participate? Because there was a bunch of spectators there and what did they experience? Nothing. They just got to repeat their own criticism. Well, this is a blasphemy and we don't know about this. And, and that's pretty much all they left with. And they weren't sure about some things at the end of the day. But I just don't want to be a spectator. I want to be a participator with the power of God. I want to experience the power of God. Will, will I push past the doubt and experience what God has for me? Will I engage with the power of God? Will I reach out for the power of God in my lives? Because we see here the power of God to heal was with Jesus. And like Tyler said earlier in the service, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he is the same, and he's the same today. But will I lean in for that power? Will I reach out for the power of God? Or will I just sort of critique? Will I just sort of wonder? I'm not sure if this is true. But there was a, a group there different. They couldn't get in. And they push past the whole group to get to Jesus, to experience his power. And that's who I want to be today. So Jesus forgave them first. And what we need in every situation starts with the spiritual. And thank God for forgiveness. This would be a great day for communion. But we're struggling to figure out how we can do communion right now. But don't forget about communion. You should do communion at home sometime. Forgiveness, we were reminded that we are forgiven, that Jesus has forgiven us of our sins because of what he did on the cross, that I am righteous in God's eyes. And then the second part here, the power of God was with Jesus. This word in the Greek language is dunamis, where we get our word dynamite. And that is the question for us. What do we think about who God is? Do we think God's arm is short and not that strong? Because if that's how we go through life, we're bad theologians. But that, see, our thinking then will limit us. Our thinking will be like the Pharisees. We're just there to critique. We're, we don't really understand. We're not going to dive into who Jesus is. We're not going to understand the stories about who Jesus is. And we'll just think, well, God can't really do much. you know. And we, we don't see uh, much activity of the power of God. No, but I, I want to be different. I want to believe in the dunamis of God. I want to believe in God's power and lean into God's power and reach out for God's power in my life in every area. The healing of my body, in my relationships, in my finances. I want the power of God in every area of my life. I don't want to be sitting back like the Pharisees and being like, hmm, 
I'm not sure. But you can live forever there, never experience the power of God, but I want to push past all of that. I want to put my trust in who Jesus showed us who God was and who God is. Second thing that we see here is that Jesus saw their faith and in two different ways. He saw their perseverance, that they didn't give up. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12 says this, so that you may not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. This word patience here means endurance, forbearance, constancy, persevere. So you have to ask yourself the question today, so there's this, this four and then the one who's sick. Do you get to the outside of that house? You think, well... We can't get in, and we bought our friend who was sick, so from this fact, from these circumstances, I'm, we're just going to say, well, since we can't get in, it must be God's will for, for our friend not to be healed. And then they're going to get their theology from their circumstances, which is a really bad idea. So they're there, and they're outside, and well, the, all, all the critics are on the inside. We can't get in. But... They persevered. They didn't quit. Jesus saw their faith. They didn't quit. See, we, we like to think maybe, well, you know, if the story had continued another way and they maybe started to walk away and, well, Jesus for sure would have come outside. See, then we'll be adding to the story. That's not the story. The story is They. They broke through the crowd, and they broke through the roof. They didn't quit. They persisted. The woman with the issue of blood, do you remember her story? She came in the press behind, and she touched Jesus so much so that Jesus didn't even know who had touched her. Jesus didn't seek her out. She sought Jesus out. She experienced the power of God. Blind Bartimaeus, Jesus was walking past him. Past him. What did Bartimaeus do? He cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Persevered. They persevered. Faith looks like perseverance. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up right now. I can't get in the room. I can't, get, I can't figure out my way in the room because all the critics are inside the room surrounding Jesus. Um, we need an option too. What are we doing? We're going up to the roof, boys. Let's go. That's the spirit we need to have. That is the spirit of faith. We're not going to quit. We're not going to give up. We're not going to give in to fear. We're not going to let fear dominate our lives. We're not going to quit in this moment. We're not going to give up. We are going to persevere. He saw their faith. And the second, the second thing that he saw as he saw this group with their sick friend is they, Jesus saw love in action. That they loved their friend so much that they weren't going to stop. They were going to get him to Jesus. And not to overemphasize it, but I want to emphasize that this is what groups are all about, friends. This is why you need to be in a group. 
shouldn't be going through life alone. You need a group of friends that when you feel like quitting and you have no way on your own like this man to get yourself to Jesus, Maybe the circumstances have overwhelmed you so much. Maybe the the pressure has been too much in the season. You need a group of friends around you who say, we're not quitting. We're going to get you to Jesus. Let's go. When it's too hard for you, let's go. I'm going to help you. That's what being a part of the church is all about. Being a part of the family of God is all about. And the sad part over the years, I've seen people that just disconnect. Life gets hard, and so they step out of community because they see no way, and they've disconnected themselves with any spiritual friends when the spiritual friends can actually help you to get to Jesus when you can't get there on your own. Jesus saw love. Galatians chapter 5. Verse 6, I'm just going to read the last verse here. It says, For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. How do we see the activity of your faith? It's going to show up in love. Faith working through love. Jesus saw their faith, why they loved their friend. We're going to get him to Jesus. We're not going to stop. We're not going to quit. We're not going to give up. We are going to persevere, and we are going to get our friend to Jesus. Galatians 5, verse 13, for you are called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Through love serve one another. And this doesn't stop in this season. This verse is true right now, and this is really true right now. We got to figure out ways when we can't get together very much, we got to figure out ways to serve one another. Who can I, who can I text today? Who can I drop off a meal for today? Who can I love today? Is there somebody in my neighborhood that I can talk to today? Who can I serve today? We have freedom so we can love. So important right now. That God has set us free in Christ so that we can, through love, serve one another. And the very last thing, and then we're going to sing one more song together, is the end of the story. And amazement seized them all, and they glorified God, and they were filled with awe, saying, we have seen extraordinary things today. Last point this morning. It's so important for us to not lose our sense of awe about who God is. You know, and I'm as guilty as anybody, the word awesome is way overused. That dress is awesome. I mean, it might be pretty, but that dress is not as awesome as who God is. A sense of awe, a sense of wonder. And I would say this is so important for this to be revived in us right now. Like we were singing about God above it all. God above it all. All of what 
has consumed your thoughts this week. That's not God. God above that. Do we have a sense of wonder about the power of God in our lives, that we can actually access the power of God like this man in this story. And then when we actually get ourselves in front of Jesus, what does he say to us? Just like this man, he says, your sins are forgiven. You can experience the power of God in your body. Do we have that sense of awe or sense of wonder? Or have we just, have we just become 2020 Pharisees? And we've reasoned ourselves out of faith in God. Where what we're supposed to be doing is reasoning ourselves into faith in God. Using our intelligence, using the brain that God has given us, oh, to remind ourselves, oh, I should trust God. I fully can rely on Him. His power is greater than anything in the world today. His wisdom is greater than anything that I'm hearing on the news. His way of doing relationships is better than anything that I would see in a movie. Would I be in awe of that? Acts chapter 2, verse 42, talking about the early church. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, the breaking of bread and prayers, and awe came upon every soul and many wonders and signs being done through the apostles. And awe. We see all of the activity of God, but what precedes the activity of God? Well, awe fell on everybody. Wonder about who God is. We should be amazed by God. his creation and his salvation and his goodness and his love and who Jesus is, we should be in awe. Psalm 119 verse 161 says this, princes persecute me without a cause, but my heart stands in awe of your words. God, I stand in awe about what you say to me about what you're describing about my life and how it should be and how you want me to engage with your word and how you want me to change my thinking and how you want me to experience your spirit. Psalm 33, 8 says this, let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. See, there's a lot of people out in the world today they are just in awe of everything else all created things but we as the church we need to revive our awe our amazement our wonder in the goodness of God and what he said about us let's just pray this morning Father God we are so thankful for Jesus today and like this man in the story God we we want to lean in today We want to lean into your power. We want to lean into your healing power. We want to lean into your forgiving power. We want to lean into the grace that you have for us in our lives. God, we just love you so much today. We are so in awe of you and your creation. We're so in awe of you and your saving power. We just take a moment right now. we think about how amazing you are, God.
We look at the beauty of creation this fall and how we can just look outside and see the beauty of all of the colors of the trees. And God, you created all of those trees. That was in your plan. we just in awe of who you are. We thank you, Lord, that you taught us and you showed us who you are through Jesus, that you sent him to be our savior, to be our healer, to be our forgiver. We just thank you, Lord. We bless you. We thank you for that today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, if you are here in the room today or you're watching us online, you know the gospel, the good news is all about Jesus who we read about today. That Jesus offers us a relationship with God. And how is it that we get a relationship with God? We don't, we don't get a relationship with God by being a perfect person because we aren't. We don't have a relationship with God because we form some sort of religion and offer it to God. You know, God offers us his own righteousness, his right standing with himself. And it comes as a gift. It's called grace. And he offers it to everybody today, here in the room or online. And he invites us into a relationship with himself. And all we have to do is say yes to that relationship. So if you're here today watching online, I'm going to pray a prayer and invite you to pray along with me to say yes to Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So church, here in the room, we're going to pray this out loud together. Help anybody praying here in the room or online. So let's all bow our heads and close our eyes. God, today we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he lived a sinless life. That he died on the cross and you raised him from the dead so I could know you. So today I say yes to that relationship. God, I call you my father. Jesus, I call you my Lord. God, I purpose to follow after your ways and turn from my own. I thank you for salvation today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen in. Be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for other messages. For more content from The City Church or to connect with us, visit us at thecitychurch.ca or find us on Facebook or Instagram at citychurchgta. Thanks again for joining us.